Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Refinery Life Church, and welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. I'm excited that you're here joining us. I hope you're excited as well as we open up the Word of God and we, we share together. And you know, if you're looking for a new church home, why don't you come and join us? We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you. We're a friendly church. We preach the Word of God, and we're really starting to see God move even more so within His church. Why don't you join me now as we, we pray the Lord's Prayer. We pray this every time we meet. Because this was Jesus' model prayer. It's not a wish list like we hear some people pray. It's not long-winded. It's only 60-odd words. But it covers everything we need. Let's pray it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You know, every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual issues, which means we'd need to read our Bible. And we're almost through now. The, the first three months of this year is been a series on Thursday nights about what the Bible says. We've got about a month to go. And today's message is titled, What the Bible Says About Stewardship. The text I'm going to concentrate on this evening is Luke 16.2. Now, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Let me encourage you, if you've got your Bible with you, open it up. Let's read it together. You can read from whichever version you prefer. If you haven't got your Bible with you, why don't you bring it with you next time? Luke 16.2 says, So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. Something we don't want to hear, church. The scriptures we're going to work through are Luke 12.13-34. through to 34. Let me read them for you. It's the parable of the rich fool. It says, Then one of them, sorry, then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of things which he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich young man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. I know some people like this. I'm sure you do as well. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to them, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Verse 21, so he who lays up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. And from verse 22 onwards, it's do not worry. For he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food. And the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. 
which have neither storehouse nor barn. And God feeds them anyway. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? That's something we need to remember right there. By worrying, what does that add to us? Verse 26, if you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not as arrayed as one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 33. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, and where no thief approaches nor moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray for our offering. What a time to pray for it. Praise the Lord for the joy of giving. As the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for us, so we also give ourselves to you. We bring to your altar our hearts and our possessions. Use them for your sake for the salvation of souls. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Perhaps no area is more sensitive in our, in our lives than our finances. We may be open to every other part of our lives, but the moment someone questions us about our money or our possessions, we become defensive, don't we? Nonetheless, some of Jesus' most pertinent parables and teachings are about the stewardship of our possessions. Jesus knows the joy that awaits believers when they train and attain the level of commitment where they completely surrender all they have to God, including the stewardship of their possessions. You know, look, church, we're called to give him our, our whole life, not just little parts of it. Luke 12, 13 to 34 contains one of Jesus' clearest commentaries on stewardship. He began by using a parable to illustrate the truth that he wanted to drive home. This particular story was precipitated by an incident that arose between two brothers. Evidently, their father must have died and one brother was not pleased with the way the, the estate had been managed and divided. And he asked Jesus, he said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Then note verse 15, he said unto them, said unto them. He didn't talk to that one brother. He spoke to all of them. No doubt the disciples and the crowd listened carefully to Jesus. But he likely directed his remarks specifically at those brothers. First he stated a principle. Take heed and beware of the covetousness for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things he possesses. That's a principle. Then after he had the attention of the brothers, he began to relate a story about a rich man. So he got their attention with a principle, then he told a story. And traditionally, we have assumed that this man was an unbeliever who worshipped the God of materialism. 
He may well have been. Or he might have been a believer, but an immature, egocentric, materialistic believer. We don't know. So the first lesson this evening is, a lesson is the parable of the danger of a false sense of security in our possessions. You've heard me preach these type of messages so many times before, that we will never find security in stuff. Here we see a man who had become a success in his workplace. He may have been an affluent farmer, probably lived in a palatial home, maybe a big mansion, with large, well-built barns and, and other buildings, and impeccable fields that were very well tilled and planted. And we would say, what a fortunate man he is. Wouldn't it be great to have just one year's income from that man's possessions? It would remove the pressure. And I could breathe again. All too often we think of security in terms of relief from financial strain. And we rationalise that it is good to be rich. <coughs> Excuse me. Yet Jesus said that one of the hardest things in life is for a rich man to keep his riches and God in proper perspective. In Matthew 13, 22, Jesus spoke of the deceitfulness of riches. Wealth can give false a false sense of security, can't it? It can mislead us and make us more, think more highly of ourselves than we should. We start to rely on our riches and our status in life rather than on God. We've seen people come into churches before with nothing and pray and wanting people to pray with them that they'll be successful and as soon as they start to be a little bit successful they shoot out of the church again. Therefore, anything that gives us a false sense of security other than God is false and hopelessly unreliable. Our second lesson this evening is Jesus in Jesus' parable is the foolishness of planning without God. In the midst of his false security, the rich farmer who had pushed God aside made some clever and admirable plans. In spite of his wealth, he was a prudent and financially practical-minded man. He ensured against every contingency. His plans included not just the, the present, but the distant future as well. He didn't intend to play the pauper. and drive, He drove himself to acquire more and more. He was going to retire and enjoy life. Have you heard people say this? So he made detailed plans to enjoy the wealth that he'd accumulated. But he failed to recognise that the, other, that the sovereign God might have other plans for him. He didn't include God in his plans. He'd not consulted him. And his plans exploded because he had considered himself and himself only. When you're making plans for your life, are you including God in them? Let me encourage you, if you're not, you should be. In our human nature, we try to master our circumstances and be the Lord of our own destinies, don't we? And in doing so, we presume upon God treating him as though he were a genie in a magic lamp. You know, we let him come out. We, we send him a wish list every now and then. God said to this clever schemer, this farmer, you fool. God had other plans. And now that's something we don't want to hear from God, isn't it? We don't want to hear him say, you fool. A third thing this evening. The third lesson in Jesus' parable is the tragedy of an impoverished soul. The rich farmer was not rich toward God on the night that God demanded his life. Jesus said, so is he who lays up treasure for himself 
and is not rich toward God. God searches for riches in our hearts and our souls. From the world's perspective, the rich man was a success, but his life was pathetic viewed in the light of eternity. When Jesus finished the parable, he turned to his disciples and gave a deeper interpretation. He spoke of the foolishness of worrying about material things. He reminded them of the ravens who never go hungry and the lilies that are adorned with beauty. Yet ravens are such small creatures and lilies flourish one day and wither the next, don't they? When Jesus asked the disciples, how much more will he clothe you of little, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? As we finish up this evening, Jesus hit the nerve center of this whole issue of stewardship when he said in Luke 12, 31 through to 34, but seek the kingdom of God and all things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's my encouragement to you this evening, folks. And I want to also encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time. Because God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. It can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you allow him to. And you're important to God, you know that. But you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Now this year is a year of divine restoration and recovery. We're believing that everything that's been taken from you, as you get closer to the Lord, as you start obeying his commands, it's going to come back for you. And until next time, Stay in the blessings.